podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the LSD Day Trippers. This is a no transfer knowledge show. We're surprised we're doing this, to be honest with you. Um, it took us all by surprise. We said we'd do this at about 8 o'clock tonight. But um, we had a lovely chat on the Fatback 4 last night about Geo Bellingham, FSG, Liverpool's transfer policy, all that sort of stuff. So um, we thought we were going to get over that, go into a bit of winners and losers for the World Cup. And then um, the Enzo Fernandez stuff just exploded today so myself and Kevin are going to have a little chat about it we're not going to keep you too long probably 40 minutes when we say 40 we probably mean an hour um give or take. yeah give or take um kev we were talking on the fat back four last night about the possibility of signing geo bellingham and you know it was kind of a, it was agreed um quite agreed around the table that if it was going to happen with Joe Bellingham, it was going to happen in the summer. And then Enzo Fernandez, his name comes up, okay? And when his name comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of out there as well. And Keith was kind of the one pushing the most, saying, oh, look, there's, there's really strong links here. Um, what do you make of all this, first of all? Because it doesn't, it just doesn't sound like something we do. You know what I mean? It just... Kev, it just doesn't sound like something we do. The Jew Bellingham thing, look, I've said for ages, Jew Bellingham should be done separate to any other transfer business because that's the sort of player he is. But two of them being sorted for the summer at that amount of money because he has a 200 million euro buyout clause, but I think if you go in somewhere north of 60, you probably get him, right? 60 to 70. But now you're looking at 170 million being put on the table in the summer for two players. When we're all sitting here, in full agreement, I think nearly every Liverpool fan saying we should probably get a midfielder um, in January. So, w- what do you make of all this? And by the way, disclaimer before Kev even starts talking, we don't know any information. We never claim to know any information. All we're doing is reporting and discussing on stuff we've seen online today. And it kind of made our decision today to come on when it was being reported amongst several Argentinian publica- publications that Liverpool had an agreement in principle for Enzo Fernandez. All right, first and foremost, the um, Enzo Fernandez stuff probably came about... He's an easy name to link because Melissa Reddy dropped his name in the summer. Uh, that He was a potential one to, that we were going to look at if the Jude Bellingham deal fell through. So if you think back to then, that's when the first his name first dropped. People started to... he just signed for Benfica from River Plate. And he, the first I saw of him was... Benfica were playing in the qualifiers. So I watched him and I was like, he's good. He's really good. So I kept an eye on him and I've watched a fair bit of Benfica in Europe this season and I've really been impressed with him. But to see, to roll it forward, to see what today, after everything that's been dropped about Jude Bellingham over the weekend, it's mad. I mean, if you go on transfer market, they have a valuation of him at 35 million euro they bought him for 20 and the markup would be that that that's about the general markup and that was november 1st i've given the world cup that he's had and he could be a world cup winner you know next weekend at 21 years of age and a key factor in argentina winning the world cup will be him he's been that good so and apparently ben it's been reported that he has a buyout of 120 million euro I see. I've seen anything ranging from 120 to 200 million euros. Yeah. But either way, either way, it's either way, it's nuts. It's 90 million pounds. Yeah. Is he worth that? No. Is he potentially worth that? Yeah. 
he, he's potentially worth that. If he was 23, 24 and seasoned, you'd say, yeah, he could be, he could develop into that type of player. But it's a, he, he would, I don't, I don't think Jude Bellingham is a gamble at the fee that we're talking about. That you guys were talking about last night. I don't think Jude Bellingham is a gamble. I think that's printing money. This, Kevin, Kevin Ball said it is 120 million euros, so 90 yeah, million it, pounds. Well, either way, it's it's not cheap. It would still be one of the most expensive midfielders ever in world football, in the history of the game. And all on the strength of a good World Cup and a good first half of a season for Benfica. That's all this is on. He had a good season in at River Plate. We did well in the Copa Libertadores. But you're basing this all on half a good season at Benfica and a good World Cup. And what and your eye test. That's all this is, is your eye test. I agree with you. I think 60 million is about the range where you want to I be. I think 60 to 70 million at. pounds is probably the, the, the range. Yeah. And, and think, you can put add-ons and achievable yeah. add-ons to yeah. bring it up to whatever fee you want to. Ba- Similar to what we've done with Darwin Nunes. Mm, but Bailey Jones yeah. asks, could this not be used to put pressure on Dortmund to lower the price in Bellingham? No, no Bailey, I don't think so. I think, look... Just going back to Bellingham quickly, if what's going on with Bellingham is to be believed and if there's any substance to what you've seen during the World Cup with Liverpool players and Gio Bellingham, um, Gio Bellingham's destination, and we've said it, I've said it anyway and I'll, I'll, st- I'll stay with it, has been known I think since the summer, right? Um, I think Liverpool would know the price and Liverpool, if you believe all that stuff that's going on, Liverpool are willing to pay the price. Okay, yeah. so I don't think there's going to be. I wouldn't say there'd be a hell of a lot of bargaining going on with Dortmund. It might be where Dortmund want 120 million pounds, and Liverpool say, "Well, I tell you what, we'll give you 100 million pounds, but we'll do 25 or 30 in add-ons, and that's where they find themselves." Yeah. So I don't think this is. I don't think this is related to Jude Bellingham in any way, and that's why it kind of shocks me that this isn't something we do. Having said that, there's loads of Liverpool fans out there that this is exactly what they want. You know, this is what they've been upset about for a long time you know just spend the money and at the same time they'd be telling you today well we don't we won't get him we won't get him we don't do that and we're like well you want this done so if it gets done will you have an issue it's a bit weird but i i've seen but i've seen people i've seen one person on twitter who talks a lot of sense on twitter right saying this could be actually happening because they could be just front loading um the next three years spending you know, That's where they could say what... they could say, We're putting a hundred and we're committing hundred and seventy to midfield here. We're going to commit three hundred over the next three years but literally that's 170 down and you won't see it as big over the next two years but we've made a massive change in midfield I mean, we might do something in defence and thing. Tom sorry Tom Hart and others have said um read Mo Chatra's post explain how both Jude and Fernandez could be possible. Mo Chatra writes some good stuff but I stopped reading Mo Chatra when he came out with the stat that Liverpool used, I think it was something like 2% of their income on transfers, which was completely and utterly wrong, okay? Um, and it was, how that figure came about was insane. So I've kind of stopped reading his stuff. Yeah. Having said that, I will go and, I might go and read it because a lot of people think it's brilliant. It's... I would more or less, I'd, I'd kind of lean on the Swiss ramble if they were to come out and kind of financially put this in place. Yeah. But that's just my personal thing because yeah. it, I, I used to, I'd read a lot of Mo Chatra stuff, but when that stuff came out about, um, oh, Liverpool used 2% of their income on transfers, I was like, well, that's complete and utter fucking horseshit. So I don't know why you're writing it. And it kind of tore me off a little bit, but... That, that's not to say I won't go and look at it later. Um, Jake Semester says uh, his buyout is 120 million euros. But Kev, we spoke as I said, we spoke about it a lot last night, and I didn't. You know, people, a couple of people have asked us to do the show tonight on on this end of Fernandez and what we think about it. I'm only I'm going on what we think, right? But I keep going back to it, Kev, and I'm really torn on this because I've constantly said if you're doing Joe Bellingham, he's He's, he's over there being looked after. Yeah. Everything else. But having said that, Kev, if you're doing these two, okay, you're, and none of them are being done in January, by the way, are you going to go through the rest of the season with what you have? Or is it going to be a case of it's not 170, it's going to be 220 million pounds over the next six months on midfield? Where, 
This is what makes me really nervous. Yeah, because this scares it's, me, hard, it's hard to tie all that together and make sense of it, isn't it? And yeah. that's only going on past experiences yeah. with Liverpool and the way we spend. Oh. And I did point out last night that Liverpool could have made so much money in the last year that they could do Enzo Fernandez, they could do someone in January, and it's still just balancing the books. And Jude Bellingham is outside of the realm. But it's, not, my it's, not, like, it's was, not like Liverpool to do one in January and two of that size in June. Yeah. I was chatting to Kev Ball in the Telegram group and mm-hmm. I remember reading something going back a while that with FFP it's in blocks of three years and apart from COVID they gave an extra year so that one was four years. But we really haven't spent an awful lot in transfer windows so we've kind of banked up a reserve of almost credit that we can roll into a three-year period where you were talking about that 300 million pounds slot that that we have over a three-year period that we can front load signings with you're going to be losing james milner wage bill off the wage bill next summer naby kate off the wage bill next summer ox off the wage bill as well that's three decent earners coming off the wage bill it's probably 300k plus a week yeah, you add Jude Bellingham into that. You add, I don't think it's going to be Enzo Fernandez, but you add an Enzo Fernandez type player, you know, a 40, 50 million pound central midfielder. That's three out, two in, and you've got Tyler Morton to come back in on from his loan spell to say, take the minutes that Oxley Chamberlain should be doing for you. Then look at what you've got left. You've got Fabinho, Thiago, Jordan Henderson. Those two new signings, Curtis Jones, you've got the young kid, uh, Stefan Batejic, as well, who's a year older and a year more experienced. And you're talking, you've probably got seven, eight midfielders by bringing in two, letting three go and bringing a lone player back. But you've automatically reduced the age of that midfield by six years, seven years. Yeah, but the thing is, Kev, the thing is, right, if Naby Keita, James Milner and Alex Oxley-Chamberlain go, yeah, you're getting their wages, right? But Joe Bellingham and, and Enzo Fernandez would probably take up all their wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all going for free. Hmm. They're all going for free. So if you yeah. sign if you sign Joe Bellingham for £100 million, now, yeah. listen, that's probably paid over the course of the contract, which is probably yeah. six years, which is probably about six, £16 million a year, £17 hmm. million a year, okay? And, yeah. and the same but, for the other fella. The same for the other fella, but at the same time, it's still you're still committing the club to 100 million let's say 160 million pounds yeah okay now the way the model goes with with fsg is right and it's the it's the bugbear of many right but it's the model and how it works is that they take in x amount and they spend x amount they never really get left with a massive profit or left with a massive deficit and that's taking COVID out of the situation because that's just that's a, an outlier, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. It's not normal football practice, right? It has to be a shift in what they're doing to do what they potentially could do here. It has to be a massive shift or we they know they know that there's some investment coming in, a change of ownership, whatever it might be, okay? And this is the precursor to that because, Kev, as much as I've wanted FSG to go beyond the bounds sometimes and spend more, you know, just go that extra mile, even though it's out of what we usually do. 170 million quid, Kevin, 160 million quid is well beyond the bounds. Unless, as I said, they have made a fucking outrageous amount of money in the last year. Here's the thing. That would be true if Manchester United and Chelsea didn't go out this summer, that summer just gone, and spend over 200 million each mm-hmm. so the money clearly is there from the, the spot the sponsorship deal the tv revenue the prize money for competitions that we've been in and won and gone long a long way in the revenue that the club gets in can sustain that level of spending but it can't sustain, sustain that window in window out mm-hmm. we can do this once every say five windows so once every two and a half years three years you can go 
ham on a couple of really big key players that are going to see you over the next five years. And it just so happens that we, we might be coming into that window again. We think the last time we went big on a transfer window, we, yeah, we saw Coutinho, but we reinvested that and probably more. The rest of the time, it was just drip we spent, feeds. We spent, all we the spent way through, quite a bit in the summer of 2016. Um, you know, you see. And, and 18. And 18, yeah. But, but like uh, Dylan says, when no knowledge is available, I try to follow my gut. In this case, I think we have got you done and dusted. I think Enzo is one we want to be in the conversation for and maybe Champions League dependent. Trouble Laker says FSG are ordering dinner knowing the next owners have the bill. And it's it's that's it's a, possible. Yeah, it's very possible. And Jake but asks, can... and Jake asks, Gav, do you think if this happens, it is being funded by FSG or potential new owners? Because, as I said, like, and I keep saying it, you can make an argument around any of this. Like, mm-hmm. like you can make an argument about what way the ownership could go. You can make an any argument because there's angle, there's all sort of angles you can come from with this. But my my worry over this is, Kev. If and it's not a worry, I suppose, because if you saw Joe Bellingham, you told me I was signing Joe Bellingham and Enzo um, Fernandez in, in the summer, I'd be like fucking deadly, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and you know, if FSG have found a way to do this, FSG have found a way to do this. But my worry is, and Shani touched on something last night where he said, you know, don't look two months, three months, six months down the line. They're looking a year down the line or two years down the line. And, and yeah, you can say that, but when you look at what our midfield at the moment, you can go, well, have they been looking a year or two down the line? Because there is criticism there of how the midfield has oh, ended up massive. like this and how big the investment has to be in order to right that kind of wrong or that miscalculation or, or just bad luck, whatever way you want to put it. But, I'm st- but I still have to look at the 26th of December, Kev. Forget the League Cup against Man City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still yeah, have to no, look just... at the 26th of December and then going into not and then going into January and saying, on the basis of what we've seen from this squad this season, we will struggle to get into the top four on what we have. And yep. yeah, Arsenal could fall off a cliff, City could fall off a cliff, but Newcastle mightn't, Chelsea mightn't, United mightn't. You know, we don't want to leave it too much where we're relying on others. Now, let's be honest, Kev, this team have shown before they can come back and go on a run of 10 in a row and you're looking on fuck me you know they're, they're comfortably in the top four but on the on the evidence of what we've seen something has to happen in january and if something is happening in january it would make you doubt the two in the summer look i said Simply to you going, i said to you before i wouldn't be <coughs> i would be going to sign Muhammad kudus in january yeah but i wouldn't extend bobby from bobby Firmino at all I'd let his contract run down and I'd looked at Mohamed Kudus as being his replacement. If you go into the start of a season and you turn around and said, okay, we're playing 4-3-3, you have six central midfielders for three spots, you flip your lid because you know that's not enough. But we seem to accept that having six forwards is a luxury. We, we need six quality forwards for three spots. At the moment, we have five and you have Carvalho is like one you can drop in but now you've got two injured players who aren't going to be there until March and even if you say March you can safely say by the time they're actually fit and match fit and ready you're talking April okay and that's assuming nothing goes wrong between now and then that's an awful lot of football and a savage load to put onto the three lads who are there, plus Carvalho. And it's an awful lot to ask for them. And I think it's just, you're creating a rod for your own back if they don't go and do something like this. If you want to extend Bobby and put him on a similar contract to Milner, that's your, he owes you nothing, but you reduce your wages and you add incentives to for when he plays and bonuses and what have you to bring it up. Happy days, grand, delighted. But you need six forwards if you're going to be playing 4-3-3 and you need six forwards that you can trust there's definitely a conversation to be had about Diogo Jota even with the injuries that he's had now he's got now it's he's missed the bones of nearly I looked it up earlier on since he signed for us he's missed 200 days just under injured for us he's missed nearly 50 games that he's missed through injury 
And as much as I lo- I, I rate him, I, he's really good. But you can't have another Naby Keita, another Oxley Chamberlain in a forward position. Where you just can't afford ca- passengers. We just can't. I, I, I get that, Kev. But listen, come here and tell you. Jota, the injuries he got, I think he gets one at Portugal. Right? I think he might get one away mm. at Portugal. And the other one he gets is just very unfortunate. It's against um, it's against City, isn't it? Or, or Anfield, right? But it's not... Diogo uh, the, the Jota has been out with two injuries where he, he's kept him out for three and four months, I think. Right? Mm. Each. It's not like he's turning around, Kevin. Oh, Jota's out for a Even week. Even back at Wolves, mate. Jota. Even at Wolves, he had injury. He had oh, yeah, no, and, and I'm, sure he did, I'm sure he did have injuries. All the way through. I, I'm sure he did. And listen, if he comes back in March and in May we're going, he's gone out again for three months, you, I genuinely do think you have a conversation about it. But I kind of give more leeway to them players that are out for three months at a time because of because that injury is three months than somebody that's oh he took a knock he won't be out he won't be here this weekend and then he's fucking missing for six months. Oh yeah, I'm not putting you know, him in the same boat as Naby Keita but, yet. But the, but the forward thing, like we've got the forward thing has been very quiet because we've gone on about midfield and now now it seems to be oh midfield looks like we might get one or two. What's going on with the forward line? Like there's only so much you can do. Is it a case of though, and I don't. No matter who you agree with or you don't agree with, when it comes to Liverpool's transfers or squad or stuff, everyone's been in agreement with regards to the midfield. Everyone's been in agreement that Ox is probably there too long. Maybe Kate yeah. Milner. I've no issue with because Milner's only in the spotlight because of other mistakes we've made. But I think this might be his last season there, right? But when you look back at Klopp, and he spoke about the midfielders in the summer. Now we. we he clarifies that later on where he says, look, he's probably right. I, you know, I probably did need another one. Because he went on about numbers. The amount, the numbers, yeah. the midfielders, he had eight midfielders, I think he said he had at the time. It's not numbers, who can we get? So, eight kind of feels like the right number of midfielders to have, even though he played yeah. three in there the majority of the time. <clears throat> but, you know, they're multifunctional. You, you can see, like, a, if an ox is fit, he can go out and play right-hand side of a front. You know, um, Elliot can play... In, in a 10 if you wanted or out again forward on the right you know if you wanted to class Carvalho as a midfielder he can go and play on the left but 8 seems to be that number could it be just a case of could it be just a case of the club looking and saying the numbers we need okay are this and we're going to lose 3 of them okay now we need to replace 3 of those they're not like it would be easy for the club to turn and go them 3 are gone but the rest are good, and them two are young, but they'll come on, and Tyler Martin, and, and we bring in, let's bring in one, okay? And then we're down to six or seven midfielders if you jumble it all together. And that's kind of okay, seven. It could be just a case, Kev, where the club have gone, now eight's probably the number. Three are going to leave. We need to bring three in, because you have to remember, even if you bring in Jude Bellingham, Enzo Fernandez, and Saicedo, right? Just for argument's okay, sake, right? Yeah, just yeah. for argument's sake, right? In the next six months, you still then have to look at who's who the other five are. The other five are Curtis Jones, right? Who is out quite a bit, okay, yeah. and hasn't kicked on. You've got Harvey Elliott, who I think has been really good for Liverpool. I think he's got harsh treatment because of the form of the team and what's been expected of him so early, but I think he's going to progress into a really good player. But then the other three are Thiago, who's getting on, okay, and has injuries. Henderson who's had a really good World Cup, by the way, uh, as it went on, but it's still 32, 33 years of age, yeah, right? 33 next year. And Fabinho, who's not getting any younger and is picking up injuries and loss of form. These three aren't going to fix everything for the next 10 years or the next five years, but you still have to bring them in because no matter how solid them three are and you want to play them three, the backup to them, if you want even Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, Curtis Jones... And Harvey Elliott to be our backup. There's still holes in that. There's still holes yeah. there, Kev. So maybe has the club turned around and thought, no, this has to be a fucking revolution in midfield here. Because if we don't spend it now, it's going to affect us on the pitch, which will then affect, affect our ability to attract. And yet they're working on a time scale here. Like the time is set for Jurgen Klopp at 2026 as a stance. And they have to do everything they can to get the best out of Jurgen Klopp and the squad he has. Well, maybe, you were saying, maybe I'm just talking bollocks. No, but no, that's you what were, feels you like got, to me. You were saying last night uh, something along the s- similar lines, but 
over the last however long we've been, you know, the, these shows have been going. Midfield has always been. It was always last summer was building up to a crescendo. Really, that if nothing happened last summer, we were storing up a huge problem for the summer of twenty two three, and we're still assuming Bobby, if he's going to sign an extension, stays. You know, he was the other one who whose contract was running out, and there was. You look at the comment that Mike Gordon said as well that uh, they could sustain being out of the Champions League for one year. Yeah, uh, they only have to sust- they only have to do that though because the following yeah because season, of the new rules yeah the the, uh, the word always escapes me but it's basically saviors co- of football have changed it, the rules yeah. it's it's your it's your coefficient and your and your yeah um your standing within European football will which will basically yeah. get you in. yeah and but in fairness you don't want to be that team either because. That team will still have to go through massive qualification issue, you know, to to get into the Champions League proper. But even still, it's um, I think if you're going to go big in the summer, it has to be this summer coming because they've just left, they've kicked the can down the road so far that they're out of road now. The those three in midfield are going, and there is the possibility that Bobby is going as well. We don't know. But as it sta- as it stands at the minute, you're going to have four. You could have four players leaving the club with nothing, no revenue coming in from. But you're getting their wages off the bill. But the quality that they're taking with them, especially in Milner and Bobby, with Milner's versatility and experience, Bobby's versatility and experience, you can't replace all of that with kids either. You know? No, I know but, that. But you see, it, it's like, but but just touching on the Firmino thing, right? Because it was quite, we 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 haven't really spoken about it, right? It, Egyptian King says, right, and and this is why I want to go back to it, right? Egyptian King says, can't believe we're giving Bobby a new contract. Why are we so sentimental um, to these players? This isn't about being sentimental, right? Because let's be honest about it. Liverpool don't have an an endless pit of money, okay? So let's say, for argument's sake, just I'll go back to the same scenario. Liverpool yeah. sign. Two hundred and twenty million pound worth of midfielders in Enzo Fernandez, Moises Sassado, um Moise Sassado, whatever I, I always just say Sassado because I it's forty. I, yeah. I just call him Moses, right? Um and uh Joe Bellingham, right? And Roberto Firmino's contract runs out and he goes. And Liverpool just don't have the funds to go and sign what they think can come into this team. You have to remember, you can't just sign a player. And say, oh, well, Firmino's not fucking good enough anymore. He's gone. Sign this fella, right? It doesn't happen like that. Very rare that you get a player in for an extra fucking nothing and he's unbelievable, right? This this is actually part of a planning, right? So what I see with Firmino is, and this is where I see, this is where I'm kind of okay with Firmino and a, a sign a new deal where Firmino will probably extend for two years, okay? Right? So what will happen is, in my opinion, Right, or what should happen, and I'm okay with it, is that, yeah, you have Salah, you have Firmino, you have Jota, Diaz, and you have Darwin Nunes, okay? And Liverpool do all this stuff in the summer, where they get their, get their new midfield in, right? And those midfielders will need people around them, the likes of a Henderson, right? Salah, Firmino, they're all Alisson, Van Dijk, all these, Robertson, loads of them are there, right? Because they're all fucking there quite a few years, to bed these players in. Right, even Thiago Fabinho, whatever it might be, right? Having Thiago's not obviously not there as long as others, but he's mega experienced. His experience, right? Stays long, yeah. yeah. So you get these players in, you bed them in, and then when you get to the following summer, you say to yourself, right, okay, Bobby has a year left. What we're gonna do is we're gonna bring in. Now we're gonna look at a forward option, and when we bring in this forward option, Firmino will still be in the squad for the year. But if this player beds in really well. Brilliant. If he doesn't, Firmino can still do a job for you. This isn't sentimentality. This is numbers. It's a numbers game. It's an experienced game. He's actually in really good form at the moment, Roberto Firmino for Liverpool. Okay, he's picking up the odd injury. But we can't just let a fellow walk out the door. It'd be like, like genuinely, it'd be like letting Keita, Milner, Oxley chamberlain walk out the door and go, um, we're not bringing anyone in, right? We're not bringing anyone in. You, ha- you can't fix it all at the one time. How many teams have you ever seen go out and sign fucking loads of players, right? And four, and five, six, work. and they walk straight away. They just don't. Yeah, they just don't. 
The only time I've ever really seen it happen was Chelsea, probably, when they just went mental in 2003 or four and went and won a title because yeah. the, the jump in quality they got was just ridiculous. But, uh, Rob, like, Firmino, possibly on reduced wages, a two-year extension, again, seeing himself in a certain role within the squad, because I'm under no illusions. Darwin Nunes will be Liverpool centre-forward for me. Salah will be on one side. Diaz will be on the other, and you will probably see Jota switching across two of those positions and Firmino backing up in the middle, right? Takes pressure yeah. off Carvalho, who's still really young. It makes absolute sense. It's not sentimentality, right? Don't get me wrong, though. In a year's time, if we're looking and we're saying to ourselves, right, we need to push on and make this forward signing, you know, to complement this, and we don't, then you're kind of going, well, that's a bit sentimentality where... Firmino's gone in a year. Like we know, it's his last contract. Why aren't we acting on this? But as as it is for the moment, Firmino being there is no you real, can't do everything no real conversation for me. No, you can't do everything in one window. And if you're talking about spending two the bones of two hundred million pounds on your midfield, you still have to look at the fact that as you're doing this, Virgil and Joel Matip are getting a year older as well, and down the line, and it's not far down the line. Joel is going to have to be phased out. So you've got that issue as well as the Bobby issue to come after this. In two years' time, <coughs> in two years time, you're possibly looking to sign another mega centre-half to go with Ibrahim Kanati. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm not writing yeah, yeah. off Verge of Van Dijk at 32, 33 years of age. But you will need to, you will, in my opinion, in two or three years' time, look and say, we need to sign a guy in here that's going to come in in that Kanate mould that within a year to 18 months, he's going to be phenomenal. And that's what they're doing yeah. with Kanate now. Like, Joe Gomez and Matip don't stand a chance against Kanate over the next 18 months. They just don't. No. You know what I mean? So and that's gonna... not a disrespect to them. It's just Kanate is that good. Oh, he's, yeah, you know, he is he, that good. He's, he's that good. They're not bad players by any stretch. They're good players. Yeah. But they're as good a third and fourth choice option at centre-back that you're likely to see anywhere. But you see, the thing and, is, Ke- but you but, see, the thing is, Kev, right? If I say, in my own head, right, I think to myself, I, I went I went and watched Liverpool at Anfield against Southampton. I think it was the last game, actually, before we, we stopped playing, right? Yeah. And Joe Gomez played. He had a tough day against Che Adams, right, who was really, really fucking physical, right? Robertson was really good. Trent was okay, blah, blah, blah. The big thing for me was midfield, right? Thiago was, was, was good. Uh, Elliot was bright. Fabinho was I thought a yard off it. But when Liverpool went and played like Liverpool for about 15 minutes in the first half where they squeezed Southampton and Elliot made different moves and Thiago made different moves and Fabinho was, instead of hovering in midfield in a bit of no man's land where he wasn't being able to win a second ball, he was aggressive and Liverpool Southampton didn't know what the fuck was going on. I sat for 15 minutes with a guy beside me named Glenn from Northern Ireland who we organised a ticket between us. And... We both said, Jesus, that's some shift, isn't it? We could see it happening. Do you know what I mean? So the way I look at it is, if your problems are in midfield, if we, regardless of what happens this season, and I still want us to be successful and go for cups and European cups and leagues or whatever. We're not winning the league, but you know, being as successful as we can now. Yeah, we're in the league. If I'm going into next season, I'm not sitting here going, I'm mega worried about the forward line or I'm mega worried about defensive, defensively. I'm okay with it because I think that injection in midfield, not only of um, power, pace, um, ability, reliability, makes a massive difference to this Liverpool side. It makes a fucking ma- and I'm telling you now, and and listen, you can you can copy this or, or timestamp it. If you put a Joe Bellingham into that midfield, right, and or an Enzo Fernandez, right, and you have the likes of a Henderson. Um, or Fabinho with him, and you have the likes of Henderson or Thiago, whatever, to back that up on a rolling basis. Liverpool are in, in for anything they want, in my opinion. That Because I think it just makes such a difference. That's not taken away from the fact that this summer, fine, you do that. But then you start looking at what's the next thing. Well, is it a centre-back? Is it a forward? It, and you keep going. Because a lot of people in the chat have said, we've brought this kind of on ourselves, right? Yeah. We have. We have, yeah. Possibly There's from no owners, manager, look, whatever it might be, it has come on ourselves, right? It looks like, hopefully, fingers crossed, the club are trying to um, sort this out in a, in a massive, massive way. And it may be new owners are doing it, we don't but, know. But 
I think it's January slash summer of getting two to three midfielders in literally puts a spark into this whole team again. I don't know if you agree, but I just Listen, think that's where it is. I think this January you need to we need to bring in two players. And the one thing I'll give massive credit to Man City for last summer is they proved that there's value to be had in this market if you look for it. A Kanji at 15 million was an absolute steal. And Julian Alvarez having it out to get that deal done and signed early doors is a brilliant bit of business. So you, you don't have to go out and spend huge money in this market to get value for what you need. I definitely think we need a midfielder now. And there's play, like Amrabat wouldn't be the worst of wouldn't be the worst option at all. I think he would add a bit of steel and solidity. The only worry is that look, I've seen I've seen a little bit of him in his club career, but generally in the World Cup, Morocco don't have the ball. You know, so he's playing deep with a back four and a midfield around him. So it's easy to look good. It'd be different to to see what he'd be like when your fullbacks are gone and you're left with two centre backs and he's got to cover all that space. But at the same time, he would be at 26 years of age, good value signing. You don't have to get fleas for him, but you don't have to pay the earth for someone like that. There, there are players out there, and I just can't get away from Mohamed Kudus at 34, 35 million pounds. I think he gives you his age in what he offers across the front line. He's You're banging on about him for the last week or so, right? Probably more than that, actually, since more the World than Cup long, started, right? Well, okay. before that. Yeah, no, you're a big fan of him, right? But it, I've only been really listening to you, Kev, for the last week or two. I want to be <laughs> honest, right? Not for no reason. By the way, 260 people watching, 70 likes, pathetic. Um, hit the like button with this, for fuck's sake. Um, no, hit the like button, it really helps. Subscribe if you haven't already, and um, we bring you as many shows as we can, absolutely free, as always. But let's talk about him then, right? I'll ask you a very, very simple question, mm. right? You bring him in, okay? And he comes in, let's just say he comes in in the summer. Just let's say he comes in in the summer. Okay, right? yeah. Um, we Bobby signs an extension. Well, we bring this fella in. He's good value. You bring him in. Are you of the opinion that he becomes a real asset to Liverpool across the front line? Or a real, you know, if, if Darwin Nunes is playing through the middle, he's a real option to be his backup? Like, how highly do you rate this fella? Is it just the fact that it's 25 million that's attracting you? Or is it the case of... It's, no, it's, I, could re I could really see him being a big player for Liverpool. Anytime I've watched him for Ajax, he's just a live wire. And I watched him against us and he scored his, he scored the goal for Ajax against us in the Champions League at Anfield. And he's just alive. You know, he, he's, he's quick. He can play across the front three, either any position... He's um, strong, young, eager to learn, and he's he's everything that we should be looking for in a player, in a forward. And you just put him into the into the group. You put him into the mix. Take the weight off. Ideally, take the weight off Salah, and you're taking the weight off of Jota and the rest. He's not going to be your main man. But he could be your main man in two or three years' time. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's only 20, 21. Yeah. But he, everything that I've seen of him tells me he is an absolute superstar in the making. Okay. And I, I have a fee, I, I just think wherever his next move is, I've, I think it'll probably be Germany. I okay, wouldn't be so, a bit so surprised let, if let it's Dortmund. It let me put it this way then, right? Them two midfielders that we're talking about tonight in um, Enzo and Enzo Fernandez, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're done this summer. If Liverpool were to go and sign Kudos yeah. in January for 35 million, what way do you feel about that? Because it's probably the timing of it that feels more appealing where if we had those two players in and then he comes in, you're going, oh, well, he can go up front and he can do this. But would you pin him coming into Liverpool and playing in that midfield like you said he can? As part of he, trying to achieve what we can get from the from this season, 
I don't think he can play as an eight. I think he could play as a second striker. He could play as a nine, a false nine, whatever. Mm. But he gives you a chance of getting the top four. I think if you go into the rest of the season from now until March, towards the end of March, with the current front three that we have and Carvalho as the one to help out, we're not getting top four. We're seven points off Spurs now. All right. And Newcastle looks solid. Are we not going to game in hand on Spurs? Yeah, the game in hand is against Chelsea and they're already ahead of us. You said yourself, we don't look any great chicks. And if you're putting all of the pressure on those front three, and they're going to have to play every game. You know, you might be able to rotate one in and out here and there and rest them during games. But the volume of games are going to come thick and fast. And they physically won't be able to hold up and keep their quality going for the others to come back. The Diaz injury has to trigger a move for a, a forward to come in just to help them. That's all they they need someone to come in and help them out. If we win a they game in hand, if we win a game in hand, we'd be four points off the top four. I know. With, with, with twenty four with twenty three games to go. Spurs are better equipped to than what we are at the moment to end the season stronger, to carry on than what we are with the current front three that we have. Bear in mind, you've got Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, Naby coming back, Ox coming back. We're just we're short. We were short at the start of the season, and we're short now, and we're still short. So the coolest and thing, the coolest thing, right? It um, helps. It gives it helps, you a chance. It helps in a forward sense. Yeah, he gives you a chance. Goals win games. We're not going to get anywhere without scoring goals. I understand that, but to see the and thing is, but, more... this, but this goes back. This goes back to the argument that are you signing kudos because you're thinking of between now and March? No, you're you're signing him because you're thinking of the next five years. Okay, you're, so... you're not signing him for now. You're help. You're signing him to help for now, but eventually at 21, you're signing him for the player he's going to be at 24, 25, 26. Okay, but the Diaz injury has to trigger a reaction. Any normal club who has got ambitions of, we have a Champions League knockout game against Real Madrid. We could be in the middle of a Carling Cup run or whatever they call it these days. You've got the FA Cup and you've got the league and we're outside of where we need to be in the league. If you have ambition and you want to finish in the top four, you have to give yourself the tools to do the job. And at the moment, I believe we don't have the tools to do the job. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And, Okay, so, but we still need a midfielder in January. Yeah. So, so what you're saying to me is you need two in January then. Yeah, and we go back to what we were talking about before the World Cup. Do you eat Ox's contract or do you arrange loans for Nat Phillips? Because you still have to make room for these players if you want to bring in two. Yeah. If you want to bring in two in January, you physically have to move two players out of the squad. So either you don't register a player or you pay out, pay off their contracts and let, let someone go. Because we physically have to create the numbers in the squad to be able to... Remember what we did with Tacky, where we sent him to Southampton to bring someone in? Yeah. That situation has happened in January if we want to bring players in. Yeah. So okay. they're going so, to have so, to be so where, so where you're sitting at the moment then is you're, you're looking and saying to yourself, you bring someone in midfield that yeah. is going to be a proper midfielder for you. Over the, yeah. you're, the both of them, what you're saying is you're bringing two players in that um, one to help in the midfield before it's properly sorted in the summer and they'll yeah. be part of that help um, or part of that sorting out. And you're bringing a forward player that, yeah, young, um, good price, helps us out over three months with Jota and Diaz returning and then you look at he helps you in three months, but he, he's a he's he's someone you're looking he's for, for a year future. down the line where the thing is, you're looking a year down the line where he he he's shown that sort of um, potential to make the loss of Bobby, yeah. you know, fairly soft. Do you know the signer? We could have used the Rigi this season. How much of a miss is that? Do you, just the ability to be able to use someone like him? Yeah, a jobber that just to be able to use a jobber to come in. And just take minutes off people, so that you're not loading into Bobby's legs. Yeah, but you see the the problem the here game is, every four days. But the problem here is for, for me, Kev, is that I think you have a player 
in Fabio Carvalho that can do a job for you. And people have said yeah. he's being disappointed. But Fabio oh, Carvalho's Fabio, Fabio, Fabio Carvalho's coming into a team for me where they just haven't been performing. You know, they just have and we've seen across all the forward players where you go, he's not doing it. Salah's out way too wide and, and it's all down to the midfield. Yeah. When the midfield doesn't function and and squeeze teams and cover you here and cover you there, other players not that they're playing badly, but they can't impact the team. Like I I we say it's about so many players. If you put peak mid- Liverpool midfield, i.e. Fabinho Henderson and Aldum, just say for argument's sake, right? Or yeah, Fabinho yeah. Henderson Thiago at their peak, right? Um, of their powers and no injury worries around them. And you stick a Carvalho down that left hand side. I have no worries about him. Because he can go and play his football. And if you look at if it was Ronaldo Mohan Monaldo be going, you go and play. Because me and yeah, Robertson exactly. are here and we just yeah. sweep everything up in front of us. But it's not happening like that. What's happening is Carvalho's playing, right? And he's a brilliant prospect. He's still only a kid. But in, an, in, a, in a functioning Liverpool midfield, right, or one that's playing to form, he can have the freedom to make mistakes or, you know, not track back mad, you know, and just little things, right? N- not be afraid to lose the ball. And Liverpool would just... It's alright. If the ball comes out here, we just win it anyway. We give it back to our centre backs and we play again. That's how it works. Yeah. But at the moment, what happens is when a Salah, or well, not not at the moment, but in in parts of the season, when a Salah, a Nunes, Jota, Diaz, whoever Carvalho loses a ball, right? They're having to fucking run like lunatics back because one pass out of the back, and you have a static Liverpool midfield going. Do we press? Do we step off? Have we got the legs? And they've been counter attacked all the time. And Klopp actually touches on it. In the game yesterday, right? Or yeah, yeah yesterday. The interview where, after, yeah. where he said there was too many times when we lost the ball and it was being a counter attack, we weren't snuffing it out, and that's not good. And that's where forward players start to look like they can't do a job because every time they lose it, right? Whether it's a good reason to lose it or not, we're in our own box 10 seconds later scrambling stuff away, and it's like, oh, Cavallo lost that. Mane's lost loads of football to Liverpool over the years. Yeah. Salah's done the same. Firmino's done the same. But what happens? Liverpool crack into you immediately and they don't give you a chance. The only chance to give you is to play a percentage ball up front and the two centre half snuffer out. That's what happens. And if I think you'll see better from certain players, although they're still young, if Liverpool fix this midfield. I get where you're coming so, with Kudos, but I yeah, think. Okay. But I think if Liverpool fix this midfield to a certain point in January and definitely in the summer, I think it's just huge to what Liverpool wants. So would you be looking to go... I mean, the the other thing that we're not hearing... Look, all of the talk from Bellingham is coming from Germany. All of this link stuff with um, Fernandes came from Argentina. Yeah. You're not seeing anything coming out of the locals saying that there possibly could be movement in January for anything. No. Now, I think if the club... I think if there was nothing in the Bellingham stuff, the club would have shut it down straight away. They'd have leaked left, right, and said, look, we are not interested in Jude Bellingham. He's out of our price range, we're not interested. Yeah. Because they would have looked, they, they don't want to look like idiots again. They look like idiots because of what happened with Chew with Many. They, it was the world and their dog knew that we were linked with him and it just, you know, we and we <coughs> he went with someone else. It'd be interesting to see in the next few days the likes of a James Pierce or someone else to come out and say, look, yeah, this stuff coming out of Argentina is just to really force Real Madrid's hand to make a move, which is entirely possible. We've been down this road before where Liverpool's name has been used by agents to uh, oh, a engineer pre- yeah, moves it could absolutely players. be. It could absolutely be could where absolutely Liverpool be could be on the verge of a pre- a, 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 you know, agreement in principle for Enzo Fernandez, and next of all, City are tabling a bit of 70 million. Exactly. It could absolutely yeah, be it that. It could absolutely but, be that. But the reason the reason you would believe some of these rumours is is because Liverpool need we need that midfielders. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, right? It's like the time when Pepe was being linked with Liverpool and we're like, what the fuck is he being linked with Liverpool for? And it was 40 million. He ends up going for 72 million to Arsenal because was yeah. it Toulouse he was with or I don't know who he was with, but basically the, the owner of that just remember. kept throwing Liverpool's name in and just kept going up and up and up. And people are looking at this going, is this fucking mad? You know what I mean? And yeah. then it just it actually happened. You know the sort of way. But I, you're right. You haven't seen an awful lot of stuff where it's going, yeah, Enzo Fernandez agreement in principle, because you have to remember both Benfica and 
Borussia Dortmund are still in the Champions League. So it's not yeah. somewhere you're going, they're out of the Champions League, they'll take the money now. They, they don't start in the middle of February for their, sec, their first leg of their uh, last 16. So it's not, you know... Um, and the Bundes, as far as I know, the Bundesliga doesn't go back playing until the middle of January. Yeah, but, but even at that, yeah, so, regardless of their league, the Champions League that they're both in is going to be mid-February. So it's not a yeah. case of, oh, he's gone out of the Champions League. They're still in it. Even if they were gone out and they were in Europa, they're in the Champions League, the two of them. So they're not going to want to lose these players. No, you know, no, no. It means an awful lot to them. Um, it's, but the thing is, like I I like haven't seen anything linked with January. And I think it's... As much as people might go, yeah, but we get these two in the summer, that's absolutely fine. That's right. But even but if we get to the summer, right, and we sign them too, you will still be sitting at the end of the summer going, we need one more. Like, we yeah. need one more. It doesn't matter if you sign fucking Zinedine Zidane and, I don't know, fucking Xavi in, in midfield in the summer. They're not going to do it all for you. You still need one more. So that one more for me, even if, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if Bellingham or fucking Enzo Fernandez ends up at Liverpool. But we will need two in the summer. But we still need one now. And yeah, like you're, you're right in what you're saying. There's not an awful lot coming out about Liverpool signing a player in January. And my only hope is... Right, but the only one, in fairness, 6X there makes a point. Amrabat is the only talk that I've seen coming from it. And it's not been coming from the English press. But Amrabat would make from, some sense. And Shani doesn't it, like him. Yeah. Keith does like him. Thinks he's a decent player. But I think... In fairness, Shawnee couldn't pick him out of the lineup. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, fairness, Shawnee can't <laughs> But but the thing is, right? If if you're signing those two in, in the summer or them two type of players, it makes sense that you do something in January where it is a more defensive midfielder. Yeah. And, he, and I'm not saying to replace Fabinho. They could go back to that four-two-three-one and go. I'm putting Amrabat in beside Fabinho to help him, and that will give us the the foundation to use. A Thiago ahead of them, or if, uh, whoever you want ahead of them, but it takes more risk out of the players ahead of them. Do you get me? Yeah, but, yeah. But I, I, like you said, I haven't seen, I haven't seen an awful lot about about January. But my only hope is is that Liverpool have said nothing on Joe Bellingham or Enzo Fernandez. I really hope they both sign with Liverpool because I've been I'm really delighted with life. I, I'm really impressed with both of them in the World Cup. Um, yeah. Fernandez misses that penalty the night, but. You know, Don't matter. That, everyone misses fucking penalties. But I thought he's been excellent for Argentina when I've seen him. And Bellingham has been just brilliant, right? But but the thing is, like he's got eight caps. All he's got is eight caps. Inza Fernandez has got eight caps for Argentina. Yeah. And five of them are in this nothing. World Cup. It's absolutely nothing. Yeah. And a goal and an assist. And he's been the best of our midfielders. McAllister's had a great a great World Cup as well. You know, and we all the talk before the World Cup was Moses Caicedo, this, that, and the other. And Caicedo was okay. He's good. And he's had a good season. But McAllister's been... McAllister's been excellent. No, he has been. He has McA- been McAllister has that genie Wijnaldum vibe about he, him. That he's an absolute well, dog. You see, the thing is for me, I think I think Chelsea sign Declan Rice and Caicedo or McAllister in the summer. Ooh, there was the other one. Mason Mount. Remember... Uh, at the start of the yeah, World Mason, Cup, there was Mason something. Mount isn't, Mason Mount isn't going to play in a few. No, and he doesn't, and it doesn't make sense for Mason Mount in January if you're bringing in these two style of players. If it that's if that's them two in the summer, because Enzo Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez is gets up and down, really good footballer, really yeah, good yeah. technique, oh, yeah, and Bellingham yeah, is just like all action. Bellingham is like fucking Gerard Mark too. If you're putting yeah. him in Liverpool side for me, so what you what where do you look then? Because when you look the other side of that, you've got Henderson who can play. Where you think Bellingham might play, you've got Thiago who can play where you think Enzo Fernandez would like to play. You've got Curtis Jones who's probably in that left-hand side mould as well. You've yeah. got um, you've got Elliot Harvey who's in Elliot that right-hand well. side role. So, so it all points to a defensive kind of job there. You know what I mean? That um, goes back to Amrabat, doesn't it? It does, but I I would go with Saicedo because I think he can play the, the, the defensive role. I do as well, but he's. I don't, he's one that I think Brighton will Brighton hold all the cards with someone like him. Yeah, what the cost? You he's, know, he's a big contract I mean, there as well. Yeah, they, and you look at what they got for they got sixty three million for Cucurella. Yeah, they'll probably be looking for a bit more for Caicedo, given that he's a bit younger. It's a different, yeah. it's a more advanced position, and they, everyone knows that we're not in a position to. Uh, 
be picky about yeah. certain things. I'm just you know, my so. my only hope behind it all is if Liverpool have said nothing over these two players, they've probably said nothing over the third player, and that third player could be on the way into Anfield quicker than the other two we're thinking of in the summer. Um, I just hope the squad gets the help it needs. That's I thought I, I, I thought we had nothing really to talk about when we were coming on <laughs> here, Bar. Um, we've had a lovely old chat, haven't we? <laughs> Um, 208 just under 300 watching uh, 111 likes so hit the like button on your way you very can. Cool. I hope you enjoyed that um, we're, you're, we're doing watch alongs tomorrow on Wednesday yeah um, the, the tree is on hopefully yeah tomorrow night will be some crack because like, the yeah. difference is when you were when we were, when we were doing it England and France you know the players so yeah. you know exactly who's playing where and they're easy to do when you're doing Croatia and Morocco and France and, Argi- or, and Argentina. It's a completely different kettle of fish because the well, Croatian players. I know about which, four which Croatian semi, players. Which semi-finalist tomorrow? It's Argentina. Argentina. Croatia tomorrow. Croatia tomorrow. So, that's so I'm seven. handy enough with the Argentinian squad. But yes. the Croatians. I know Modric. Yeah. Uh, Brozovic. And Lovren. And, yeah, Dexy at the back. On, and the other guy. What's his name? The one that Chelsea won. The one with the face mask. They, they were all mentioning him in the chat there. They'll fire his name in there in a second. He's very good. He's very good. Who? He, oh, someone in the chat there will name him there in a minute. Oh, the, the centre-half. The centre-half, yeah. We should be... Uh, Tom Bowden's right. That door... <laughs> close the door, I feel the breeze. I had to let the dog out, and the dog has just like come back in and said, you go and pee outside. I ain't going. So now the door is open and the wind is blowing and it's like minus six degrees outside. Yeah, no, it's absolutely so. freezing. Um, God, it's today. Uh, before you, Dylan O'Rourke says, before you go, uh, the word is Liverpool are willing to pay the release clause for um, for Enzo Fernandez. Could he be in the door in January? Well, that's a huge yes. fucking amount of money. But that's but that's but that's the difference is that's massive. Gravidol is your man, but if yeah. Liverpool are willing to pay a release clause, the difference with a release clause is. You have to pay it up front. You you don't. They, but you see, I don't, but you see, hold on. It's not structured payment but, but, for a release clause. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. A release clause. I'm closing this door. Give me a sec. All right, but I'll tell the people. A release clause is uh, is 120 odd million euros, right? Jesus but you don't have Christ You don't have to pay that release clause. You don't actually have to pay that release clause. You just go in and you go listen. We could put up 120 million euro and just fucking take your player, but they're not going to pay anywhere near that. No, no, I don't believe them. It's one hundred and twenty million euro release. But if they want them in January, pound. it's ninety million pound. They come in and they say, "Listen, we'll give you seventy, right? We we'll give you seventy, and I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll add in the twenty over fucking whatever if, if he gets this, mm. and that gets you your, your release clause. They could do that, right? Mental, but I, I, I think it's a mental amount of money. But anyway, look, <laughs> it's it's for another day because we could end up fucking here another hour. Just yeah, you could have so many rabbit holes. In yeah, the end of so many crazy. rabbit holes. Um, but it's yourself. It's Chris and it's Emma and tomorrow night Emmett, for the yeah. semi-final. Yourself and Chris? Uh, no, myself and Emma, I think, for the second one. Is it? Okay. Yourself yeah, Chris has got traded Wednesday on night. Wednesday night. Um, Thursday, Friday, we're going to try sort out something. If Listen, if you if you think of anything that you want us to do on Thursday and Friday show was stick it in the comments after the show or get into where... Um, what's that group we're in? Or the Telegram. Telegram group. Get into the Telegram group and um yeah, you can you can throw in there what you think. We'll probably end up doing quizzes or drafts. Just tweet the sh- or just uh, send us well, tweet on Twitter. But yeah. are Liverpool playing some day this week as well? Uh, Friday, I think. Friday. So we might do Friday, two o'clock. Friday. Two o'clock on Friday. Listen, we're going to get through the semi tomorrow. We're going to get through the semi on Wednesday and then we'll start discussing Thursday and Friday. That's what we usually do. All I know is I'm trying to work on something nice and fun for Sunday night after the World Cup final with the lads in the Fatback 4 and uh, try to get a few people um, from the chat in for some sort of quiz where you can wreck Shawnee's head and all that. Um, But look, as I said, hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe if you haven't already. Everything is free (coughs) on this channel. And um, we try to keep that as long as we possibly can. But every like and subscribe really, really helps. Comments afterwards help. Um, Sharing it helps. All that sort of stuff. Um, Go and do that. Kev, anything else before we go? No, just come and, come and join us tomorrow night. Uh, watch-alongs are usually a good laugh. Uh, well, the thing with the watch-alongs is, right, and I don't think we're going to keep them up once the World Cup ends when it comes to Liverpool games. No, it's right? more difficult. And and you'll have people saying, well, would you not do a watch-along? And then you do it, no one fucking watched it. Actually, we're not even bothered how many people watch the watch-alongs. They're having, the no. lads are having a great time just doing it, watching games together. Yeah. But the thing about it is, like, I, I done one the other night with England and France, right? And a mate of mine watched it, 
right? Money don't mind. He said, I, he said, I genuinely just had my YouTube on in my ear, sitting on the sofa while I was watching the game. He said, and I just synced up with you. It was fucking great crack. Um, the watching. Yeah. So if you want to do that and you can keep a track on within the live chat, that's yeah. what to do. So try it out. Yeah, the best um, thing about the the watch alongs for us is the is the chat is um just engaging with the chat while we're all watching the game and talking exactly. about all the, yeah. all the stuff that's happening in. The we're game. only going to be doing three more. Two semi-finals yeah. and a final. Um, and after that, then, we'll be asked to do it and we'll say no. Um, but that's how it goes. That has been the non... What, what do we call the show again? No transfer knowledge. No transfer show. knowledge We whatsoever. didn't have any knowledge of any Not transfers. We just gave our opinions on reports coming out of different places and what we feel might happen. And um, it's been really, really nice for a Monday night. That has been it. Talk to you soon. Over and out. Podcast Network.